This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. I'm excited today to be doing our first panel discussion on Green Talk. We're going to be talking today on the topic of technology e-waste and reuse and technology recycling. Uh, I'm going to have two guests on the program today to discuss that topic with me. Uh, the first is Rob Zof, who is the Vice President of Operations for the National Christina Foundation, where he's responsible for the monitoring, monitoring the placement process for donations of computer equipment. The Christina Foundation is involved in helping businesses and other organizations find new homes for their old equipment. Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. Glad to be here. No, good. It's good to have you, and uh, certainly exciting to start with our new format on a topic that's very important and, and something that uh, I think that everyone either needs to know about or many people already know about, which is this problem of, of e-waste uh, and where th- old technology junk goes, uh, or, or not necessarily junk, but even, you know, I think viable equipment. Uh, wh- where does this stuff go, and, and how is this causing a problem in terms of landfills and uh, sort of, you know, junking up the environment, as it were? Um, so why don't we just start, before we even jump into that and the specifics of the problem, why don't you just tell us about the National Christina Foundation itself, how it got started, what you do. Uh, happy to, Sean. Uh, the Natural, National Christina Foundation for more than 20 years has been matching donations of used equipment to charities and schools to provide training to people with special needs. And the organization began as far back as 1983 when our co-founder and current president, Yvette Marin, uh, was a special education t- teacher in uh, Yonkers, New York, and she had a classroom of uh, kids who, uh, in many cases, had difficulty holding a pen, they had difficulty writing, um, and they had to have paraprofessionals in the room to try and help them keep up. But she began to see you know, these nice new personal computers that were uh, coming out at that time, and she thought, geez, I think these kids could really do a lot more if, because they could access a keyboard easier than they might be able to hold pen. And so she sent out some appeals to try and get a computer, and one young lady's um, father, a uh, young girl's name was Christina, uh, offered to sponsor a computer for the class. And when they brought the computer into the class and the kids began to interact with it, um, the results became much more than had been anticipated. Sure, they were able to do more um, schoolwork, but it, it also um, gave the kids a much greater sense of self-worth. It gave them a, a sense of being able to have a viable future, and along with education, it gave them hope. And Christina's father, Bruce McMahon, and Yvette decided that it would be a great thing to try and bring that experience uh, to other communities. Um, right around that same time, uh, Bruce, who's a businessman, had bought a computer. That business 
uh, wound up being sold, and he was able to resell that um, computer mainframe for pennies on on the dollar. Uh, and a light bulb went off, um, sort of an aha moment, as uh, he and that put it, that this was going to keep happening to people over and over again. It was going to be uh, newer, faster, better technology around every corner, and a lot of the used equipment might be useful in providing training to people with special needs and students and schools and charities. So um, they formed a foundation, the National Christina Foundation, in honor of um, his daughter Christina. And uh, for more than 20 years, we've been supporting reuse of computer equipment around the country and around the world. Fascinating. So now tell me a little bit about both sides of it. I'm curious, the typical profile of a company that is donating equipment to you for reuse, as well as the typical recipient. And you mentioned schools. Is it, is it just schools or other types of organizations as well? Uh, n no. The, uh, our partner network is composed of uh, schools, uh, many, many, many nonprofit organizations that are devoted to uh, training, uh, either computer training or job skill training or um, providing support to people with special needs or disabilities. Um, and we also work with some public agencies that work to provide training to um, people in, in need. Okay. Um, All right. And the, the, the profile of our donors varies uh, very widely. Uh, it could be uh, people like yourself, uh, just an individual who happens to have a, an extra computer at, at home. Uh, it could be a, a small business, or it could even be a large major uh, corporation uh, that's looking to uh, have a good outcome come from the equipment that they're needing to dispose of. Mm -hmm. And how, how are you guys getting the word out about the existence of your organization and what you do? I mean, other than this podcast, obviously, that's one of the things, but what are, what are some of the other things that you do? Well, um, we certainly try to try to use the Internet as much as we can to get the word out. Um, our own website, thankfully, gets... Uh, lots of visits every day, uh, lots of other websites that talk about reuse and recycling um, mention our site. Um, you know, if, if you um, Google the phrase, uh, you know, donate used computers, you know, we'll, we'll uh, thankfully come up on the first page, um, as well as lots of other phrases that people might use in that regard. Um, we're also uh, fortunate uh, to have for more than a decade been the official civic outreach organization of the Computing Technology Industry Association. Um, so they, they've been very helpful in getting the word out to uh, their members. Uh, and it's, it's also uh, more than you know, 20 years of attending uh, all kinds of trade events and conferences um, <clears throat> from uh, the more mundane uh, events like a conference called eScrap to um, big national events like CES and when Comdex was uh, a going concern, uh, events like that. So um, uh, we'll do whatever we can to get the word out. Okay. And is it, is it true that I would imagine that, you know, most organizations, the biggest challenge is the, the amount of money required to, to really reach the masses and get the message out. That's, I think that's every, whether you're a nonprofit or for-profit corporation or organization of any kind where you're, you know, Barack Obama or John McCain's campaign or whoever you are, it's, it's getting the word out about what you do. Um, is that your biggest challenge is the monetary side of it and, and monetizing the business and then turning that back around into a communications message? 
well, you know, we're, we're actually fortunate that, uh, one, we, we've had uh, the sponsorship of, of Bruce McMahon and some very uh, generous supporters over the years, but um, they also created a very efficient model. I mean, uh, to, to use a, a sort of a common techie phrase now, virtual, we're basically running a, a virtual warehouse. Uh, people can come to our website and make donations online. There's a very easy online donation form. Um, and then our database has collected um, applications from thousands of charities and schools around the country. And um, our homegrown uh, database, we have an amazing uh, IT staff, uh, has put together a system that can uh, help use uh, Google mapping technology to, to map the donor to uh, locations that we can then offer it to that are, are part of our network near them. Hmm. So we're not we're not running a factory. We're not operating forklifts. Um, you know, there, there's a, a fairly small staff um, and not a terribly big uh, office to, to have to keep the lights on. It. So uh, the, the methodology has always been to, to help train working groups in how to make good use of donated equipment and even how to find donated equipment in their own community. Um, so that uh, it, it greatly reduces the, um, the overhead. And, and I suppose it also, also reduces um, our carbon footprint too, as long as we're uh, talking about environmental issues. Uh, and it's funny that we were talking about virtualization. That certainly makes a lot of sense for you guys to leverage technology and virtualization to be able to create those sort of point-to-point uh, -point connections between a you know, a donor uh, and, and a recipient. So that, that's very cool. But it's also interesting because actually our second guest in the program who will be joining us shortly is uh, is an expert in virtualization technology. So that'll that'll be interesting to, uh, to see what that sparks of the discussion. We're going to take a, a break right here on Green Talk Radio, and then we'll be right back. We're talking, uh, we have a panel discussion today on technology, e-waste, and e-waste reuse and recycling. My guest right now is Rob Zoff who is the Vice President of Operations for the National Christina Foundation. You can find them online at www.christina.org, and that is Christina, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. We'll be right back on Green Talk. Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Hey everyone, this is Sean Daly. We're back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks again for joining us today. We're talking on technology reuse. We're having a panel discussion. My first panel guest today is Rob Zoff who is with the National Christina Foundation. And Rob, we were talking before about sort of getting the word out about the fact that these organizations and companies have a place where they can actually put this equipment that uh, has, no longer has use to them. I'm, I'm curious, taking a step back for a second, how big is this problem of technology e-waste in, in the U.S.? We could just sort of maybe limit the conversation to the U.S. Can you tell us about the amount that's going into landfills and such and, and how big this problem is? Well, sure. It, it's it's a huge problem, Sean, and it's it's a growing problem because as we buy more and more faster and faster uh, cooler and uh, cooler commodities, be it iPods, cell phones, computers, notebooks, PDAs, um, we still need to do something with all of the stuff that we had previously. Um, there are estimates that more than a hundred thousand personal computers 
are in need of disposal each day in the United States. Uh, that uh, is, is a staggering number. And in 2005, um, the EPA estimated that as much as 2 billion pounds of e-waste may have been landfilled. Um, not, no one's exactly sure how much e-waste there is because people don't know, you know, did you and I take that computer we bought three or four years ago and did we recycle it? Did we throw it away? Is it still sitting in our basement? Um, so the estimates vary widely on how much might actually be available uh, and in need of disposal, but even the, the lower case numbers are huge. Um, there's an organization called the uh, Computer Take Back Campaign that uh, estimated that if you took all of the uh, used computers in the U.S. and put them in one place, it would form a 22-story layer that covered the entire city of Los Angeles. And that sort of gives your West Coast listeners um, perspective as to how big the problem is. And it, it only gets worse because, you know, we, we love our tech stuff and we need our tech stuff. It seems like a problem that's certainly not going away. I mean, the technology, the adoption curve, the, the development of new technologies, and therefore the demand for new equipment, particularly in you know, uh, commercial organizations, is always going to be there. And uh, the latest upgrade fanatics and, and such are always out there. So it just seems, you know, with the, the pace of development of technologies, both hardware and software, hardware, of course, being driven by software development, uh, it, it seems like this is something that we really need to uh, squarely address as, as a country, as a world, uh, before this gets even more out of hand. And that, that brings me to another question and a point that I hear a lot, which is, and this has come up with regards to other uh, sort of waste, not just around technology, but this idea of reuse being far more green, if you will, and important than, than recycling. I think a lot of people have the sense of, well, I recycle, so I'm green and like, we're good, I'm done, check, <laughs> you know, moving on. And really that, you know, the, the reusing in terms of the energy output and waste and things that, that reuse is important. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on that with regards to technology and, and the importance of that? Uh, I'd be happy to. And it, it's true, there, there, people who say that are half right because all e-waste at some point needs to be properly disposed of and recycled. But the problem is that a lot of people hear about recycling and what they think the, the best choice for the environment is, is to take their three or four year old computer that they no longer need and have it recycled. And when you do that, you're, you're, you're wasting a lot of the, the natural resources that went into it. You're wasting a lot of the energy that went into creating it. So that um, I, I've seen estimates that if you reuse a computer and a monitor, let's say instead of just recycling at the end of three or four years, you reuse it for another three or four years, you're saving um, 32 tons of, of air pollution, you're saving uh, 30 pounds of waste, you're saving uh, like 7,000 kilowatts of electricity. Um, I also saw a statistic last week that said that if, if a company reuses 100 PCs instead of recycling them, that it's the equivalent of taking 48 cars off the road for a year. So there's, there's some real carbon footprint benefits to getting all of the use out of a computer that you can, and whether it's um, an organization like the National Christina Foundation or a school or 
uh, another charity who's taking computers and giving them a second life to help others, it's, it's a huge win-win, not just for the charity that's, or school that's reusing the computers, but it's a real win for the environment. Absolutely. And to that point, I would like to actually get a little bit more information for our listeners out there who may be representing organizations, companies, and, or even just for their, their own home situation, find out a little bit more about uh, how they can donate. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. We're having a panel discussion today with Rob Zoff on technology reuse, and we'll be joined later by Ross Browse of Solar VPS. And we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, everybody, and we're back on Green Talk Radio talking on technology reuse. We're having a panel discussion today, and my guest right now is Rob Zoff of the National Christina Foundation. Rob, you know, we were talking before the break, I mentioned that I want to give an opportunity to listeners to know how they can donate their old equipment, technology equipment uh, to National Christina and, and possibly other outlets. But before we do that, I think one thing that we haven't struck upon yet that's an important topic of discussion, we've talked about space consumption of the technology waste, but what about the dangers that exist uh, with this stuff going into the landfill, landfills? What are the dangers? What is being leached into the soil? What's the problem there? Well, your computer obviously has, or your monitor, whatever, has been made out of various minerals and chemicals. So there's a significant quantity of lead in all but the very newest of equipment, mercury, cadmium, um, the, the plastics that most computers are made out of uh, have been filled with, with something called brominated flame retardant. Now, the good news there, obviously, is that, you know, you don't want your computer to be catching on fire. The idea of having that plastic be flame retardant seems like a good idea, but they, they break down into some pretty carcinogenic things. Um, now, all of this stuff is, is perfectly safe when it's sitting on your desk, um, but you put it in a landfill, you break it up, and all of that lead and mercury and cadmium and everything else can work its way down into the landfill and depending on where the landfill is, uh, perhaps into, you know, groundwater and, and uh, out into the general population. Hmm. Okay. So I'm curious about going to offering people an opportunity to figure out how they can donate um, with regards to the National Christina Foundation. This is kind of a two-part question. Uh, how, how can people contact you to donate equipment, and what types of equipment are can still do you still consider viable for them donating? So they're not, you know, giving you junk that no school can use, and so forth. Well, all any of your listeners have to do, whether they're um, an individual user or a small business or a corporation, is they can go to our website www.christina.org. No H in Christina. And we have a very easy-to-use online donation form, as well as uh, lots of explanation of our process. Um, if it's a company that's calling and they already have the information on a spreadsheet or a Word document, that donation form gives them the option to upload that to us. And then it'll come right into our database, and our staff will be able to begin to try and match that to charities and schools in their location. Um, and currently, um, we can find homes for 
uh, Pentium 3 and Pentium 4 equipment and their um, AMD and, and Macintosh uh, equivalents. Okay. As well as, well as for um, monitors and printers and scanners and digital cameras and other peripherals that um, people might have along with their computers. Great. That's good information. I appreciate you sharing it. I'm also curious, too, do you have any other tips or information for listeners out there about other avenues or, or suggestions about technology reuse outside of National Christina, uh, other things that they need to be thinking about or avenues for uh, reusing old technology? Uh, well, the, the uh, EPA has information online at their uh, plug-in to e-cycling section. Uh, there are some other good organizations called earth911.org. Um, the Electronic Industries Alliance has information about recycling and reuse, which is eiae.org. Um, eBay has a rethink initiative that um, can help people decide what to do with, with used equipment. Um, so th there is lots of information out there, and they can certainly also check our site for updated information and news. Okay, wonderful. Well, we're going to take a break right there. It's our last break, and then we're going to be back with our second panelist, who is Ross Browse, and he is the uh, president and CEO of Solar VPS uh, and Solar VTG. And we're bringing them on the program because they are a major user of technology, being a web hosting company that deals with uh, virtual private servers and other uh, web hosts, uh, web hosting platforms. And so they use a lot of equipment, sort of a representative, uh, an example of a company that generates this type of equipment that uh, goes through its uh, life cycle, and he can sort of represent uh, that viewpoint. So we'll be back with Ross right after this break on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Green Talk Radio. We're doing a panel discussion today on technology reuse and e-waste. And we're joined now by Ross Browse of Solar VPS. He's the president and CEO of Solar VPS and Solar VTG. Ross, welcome to the program. Thanks, John. So we've been talking, and I've been talking with Rob from the National Christina Foundation. We wanted to get your perspective. You've been a guest on this show before, um, uh, talking about uh, sort of green web hosting and things like that. And I, and I know that you and I had had an offline discussion um, about just you know the, the frustrations that exist as a business who's out there who wants to do these things like, you know, reuse technology, be a greener company, but it's kind of hard to get the information to know exactly where to go. And you were just telling me about some of uh, your experience with, with it in, in terms of um, the generation of equipment that happens in a typical company such as yourself, your, your own company. Um, so why don't we just start there? T tell me about approximately how many computers or servers does your company power up each year and, and how many of those are decommissioned on a yearly basis? Well, we work in uh, virtual private servers, which is essentially um, a smaller virtual server that would host a website or email running inside of a larger physical machine that's got processors and uh, RAM and hard disks and whatnot inside of it. Um, and we put approximately about 50 physical machines uh, online each year that power more than, uh, b across those 50 machines, more than 1,000 smaller virtual machines. 
So that process in itself is very green because it, uh, you know, it promotes people getting that same work done with, you know, by through virtualization. Um, but I would say on the average, on an average year, we probably have about um, 10 to 30 machines, anywhere from 10 to 30 of those physical machines that are being reused, and probably another 10 to 30 that are decommissioned. Um, we have multiple product life cycles, life cycles that we work in. Um, so the first product life cycle would be for one of our higher end uh, products uh, slash services. And then uh, I would say 18 to 24 months, sometimes a little bit longer, um, we actually decommission that and reuse it for another product life cycle. Um, but eventually these machines get to the point where they're just no longer viable for us. There's no, we, none of our services will run on these, on these machines, and we need to do something with them. I see. And, and so I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming that due to the competitiveness of the web hosting uh, industry, that these machines that you guys are decommissioning are, are perfectly viable for, I mean, not only for schools, but even for other organizations that are commercial ventures and such. Is, is that accurate? Oh yeah, more than viable. In fact, um, not only are they viable as as teaching tools, but um, they're probably viable for uh, actual in-house IT departments for for schools and nonprofits and things like that. Uh, a file server, for example, um, they would be great for file servers to go for probably several years beyond when we decommission them, um, and as well as many other uses. So yeah, I definitely think there's uh, many ways that these machines could still be used after we. Uh, are done with them. Like I said, we reuse them several times over, but um, I, I still don't think they're completely uh, outdated at that point for certain use. And so, yes, uh, that is very true. They can be reused by other organizations. Right. It really, I guess, has to do with just the needs. Uh, there, I guess there are many strata of, of different organizations out there from if we take like, you know, elementary school and stuff and sort of put them at the bottom and then work our way up. I, I know that uh, yeah, we have a homeschool co-op that we run and we've been able to, you know, take some of the equipment that I I think most people consider non-usable, but it does have use in, in that type of a classroom. And then maybe sort of going up from there to up to the high school level, where they're actually they do need you know decent equipment for it to be viable for students to actually learn something relevant and, and current. And then moving past that into um, you know nonprofit organizations and, and, and people like that. So I guess it would be sort of useful if somebody out there was to develop some sort of. Um, a database of uh, uh, representative equipment in each of these uh, strata <laughs> to, so that people know sort of how to match it up. Um, Rob, is that something that, that you guys provide at National Christina or you've seen before? Uh, or is there a database? Uh, is that part of the database well, what, that you have? Yeah, what we've done is, is we've asked all of the charities and schools that we work with to complete an in-depth application that tells us what kind of um, programs are you, are you running uh, training programs as well as what kind of software you're running, what are your, are your technical needs, how much, where, what, all of those in, that information so that when someone comes to us uh, like Sean and said, or, or like Ross and said, hey, I've got these 10 machines, you know, what can you guys do, do with them? We can look in our database and find groups and contact groups in New Jersey or wherever else the equipment might be and uh, see if it's useful to them based on, on what they previously told us. Um, and things that we've asked people, you know, do you need servers? What kind of projects are you running? Are you running uh, classrooms that could benefit from having a server in each classroom so that you're feeding information to the workstations or, or as, as Sean said, file servers? 
um, mail servers, what, whatever various uses people might have. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's where we try and take the guesswork out of it for, for a corporation like Solar VPS. Ross probably doesn't have the resources to start calling every uh, school and charity in his location to see if they need the five servers he took offline last month. If he comes to us, we've got the setup to contact groups that we know need technology to see if it, it can meet their needs in his local area. Now that brings up a good question, Ross. I'll put this back to you. How easy, in your experience, has it been to find an e-waste recycling program or company? Well, you know, there's always Google, and we can find just about anything through Google. Um, but what would be, I think, really beneficial for companies like mine uh, is to sort of be solicited, I guess, by some of these businesses uh, like the Christina Foundation that uh, that could help us place this equipment because it's definitely something um, that I'm very interested in. I mean, we have an active green program at Solar VPS, but in, in talking with many of my, um, you know, colleagues throughout the business that run their own companies, a lot of them don't have green programs, but are very interested in placing their equipment with an educational, uh, you know, with a school, with a nonprofit organization, and donating it to make sure that it gets reused and not just, end, you know, ends up in some landfill somewhere. Um, so I think it would be really wonderful to have a lot of these companies um, actually come find us and say, hey, listen, we'd love to work with you and uh, maybe uh, get you to donate some of your equipment. Uh, you know, it's a tax write-off. Um, it, it's obviously we get into this whole thing of, I don't know if you've heard the term, but carbon debt when we're talking about cutting carbon. Um, and it, it's much better. This is the whole idea of reuse before recycle. It's obviously much better to reuse something uh, you know, before you recycle it, and obviously much better to reuse rather than just buying a new machine. Um, and a lot of these schools would obviously benefit uh, immensely from having this type of equipment donated. Um, and it saves on the carbon simply because you don't go and buy a new machine that has to go through manufacturing and you have to produce all these parts and build it and ship it. And you, you've already got this machine that's been used so many times and is still viable, it can be donated. So. Um, having companies actually directly solicit IT businesses like mine would be hugely beneficial. Um, I, of course, came into contact uh, to the, uh, with the Christina Foundation by way of Green Living Ideas, um, and I think that's going to be uh, hopefully a great relationship going forward. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I would love to see more of that. Yeah, that's great. And, and we talked about that, the importance of, you know, the reuse versus the recycle issue. And it, it really does seem that the gap is, it, it's interesting. It, it seems that the gap is you've got an organization like National Christina that's doing this great work, but is reliant on, you know, the money as any nonprofit, uh, and it's going to be, uh, limited on that front. And then you've got different levels of, let's just say motivation and, and greenness or awareness of of organizations out there where smaller businesses are going to be less likely, for example, to take great pains to maybe go out and find a program, particularly if it's not uh, heavily marketed and available, whereas perhaps an organization that it's more part of their mission statement or there's a higher level of awareness may take the time to do the extensive Google searching. Uh, or if they're, they're in an area, for example, that doesn't have anything physically accessible uh, that they would, you know, go out of their way, as it were, to, you know, to try to find these types of uh, outlets. And, and, and I know that this varies from area to area in the country. I mean, some, some areas, you know, you can literally, there's a local center, you can take equipment down and, and reuse it or, or recycle it. And then there's other places where it's like, huh, what are you talking about? You know, it's not even on the radar screen yet. Um, so that really seems to be the gap that we collectively need to bridge. 
Before we go today, I'm, I'm curious about if either of my panelists have any other additional ideas on how we might, might bridge that gap a little bit more. Rob, do you, do you have any other ideas on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, th I think that both through um, programs like Green Living Ideas and, and the, the rest of, of the green movement, companies that, that, are, that are sitting with machines know that they're supposed to do something proper with them. They may not always be sure exactly what, but more and more legislation is going to require that they find good green options. And I think it just behooves business owners to do that sort of investigating. I mean, they, you know, we're happy to do a lot of the legwork to match things up locally if, if they contact us or, you know, some of the websites that I've mentioned earlier um, for other, other possible options. And I'm, I'm, I also know that within hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of communities around the country, there are active local reuse programs, many of whom are probably calling um, the businesses in their area saying, hey, you know, we know that you guys are involved in technology. What do you do with your um, old equipment? But there's no need for, for a business to wait for that. Um, you know, either go to us or, or others that are available online, do some research, find out what the proper thing to do is, find out what your options are, um, and do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. And and for anyone who is listening in today that has equipment, whether it's a you know personal or, or business, uh, and you have equipment that you would like to reuse, uh, please certainly check out the National Christina Foundation at christina.org, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A.org. And if you are a business that's interested in virtual hosting, Ross was talking earlier about the, the inherent greenness of using uh, virtual private servers, that type of technology. If you're interested in that, please check out their website at SolarVPS. Com, uh, for green hosting and uh, Ross is heavily involved I know in that uh, virtual computing arena and uh, before we sign off today I also want to mention to everyone listening in that if you're interested in today's topic you may also want to check out the following additional resources that are available on the greenlivingideas.com website uh, Green Talk Radio episode 108 where I discuss the concept of green web hosting with Ross Browse of SolarVPS who's on with us today uh, and then also the tech e-waste reuse and also the tech e-waste recycling topic blogs on the greenlivingideas.com site, as well as the articles and podcasts and tips you'll find on there. Um, and that is found under the topics technology menu. Uh, lastly, I wanted to mention that uh, we were very inspired by what National Christina is doing, and they're going to be a uh, 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 we're going to be uh, offering them a complimentary sponsorship on the site, so there's going to be uh, lots of mentions and um, clicks and links and such for Christina uh, on the greenlivingideas.com website, and we're happy to be doing that and happy to be partnering with you to get the word out uh, on this topic. Well, thanks so much, Sean. We, uh, we know that you've got an audience that's very interested in, in making the environment a cleaner and safer place. and. Uh, that's a population that we always welcome knowing more about us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank everyone who's listening in today for joining us and for your support of Green Talk Radio. I want to remind everybody to please consider providing ratings and comments on the Green Talk Radio program on the iTunes page for the show, which you can find. It's accessible uh, on the greenlivingideas.com website or the environment topic page of the iTunes, Apple iTunes podcast store. I also want to thank again both of my panel guests today, Rob Zoff of the National Christina Foundation online at www.christina.org, no H in Christina, and Ross Browse of Solar VPS and Solar VTG, whom you can find online at www.solarvps.com. Thank you, gentlemen. 
Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.